0: This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... I've been looking forward to today's show for quite some time. I've got... A couple of folks that I'm going to inter- introduce in just a second. But before I go there, I have to talk to that world-renowned fellow by the name of Eric. Eric, how are you? Good afternoon, Kevin. I'm doing fine. Always now, happy I know to see you on Fridays. It's, it's great to be here on Kixi. I love coming here. It's, it's, it's great to be here at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which we do every friday at three o'clock in the afternoon as well as kknw on monday wednesdays and also friday at noon so it's 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 great to be here and you know eric you've been around the business for a long time and i know that you're pretty famous in your own right and i I I gotta ask (laughs) well i just wanted to ask you what's it like being interviewed by oprah you know i wouldn't know (laughs) (laughs) or or uh, there are there are tons of them. Larry Larry King, I, one of these. I wish I could have been interviewed by Larry King at one point. Hey, how are ya? And uh, but uh, or on the Today Show or Good Morning America or CNN. Well, the guest we have today has been on all of those. He's world renowned. Uh, people know him and by his uh, his name. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to this, Eric. So thank you for allowing me to be here. Of course. Let's bring and, on our guest. I think I think we should. This is going to take the entire time. Now we've also got him booked for a couple of more times uh, in in the next coming weeks because he's on a bit of a quest. He's on a bit of a mission. His name is uh, James Arthur Ray. You may have heard of that name. He was a co member of the of the Secret. If you remember the movie, he was in the Secret. He has. I had a 500 um, in the 500 in Inc's 500 top countries or companies in the country in 2009. Um, he's been a distinguished Toastmaster. He's he's a coach. He's written a book, several books. And we we get to talk to him and his lovely wife. Her name is Ursula, And uh, well, let's bring him on right now, Eric. Hello. hello, Kevin. Hey, guys. How you
1: doing? Hey, Eric. We can't see you, but hello to you as well. We're do- I'm doing great. Welcome, we're welcome. Well. No. Hey, Eric. Hey, Eric. <laughs> it, it is
0: awesome to have the two of you and and to talk about the width and breadth of your careers. Um, they've, it's had some tremendous ups. It's also had some difficult downs. Um, and we're going to talk about all of that. But the cool thing is... Is that in the course of life, um, you are on the upswing again and are building a, a terrific company, and you're working with a lot of people. And I love your mission, which is you want to positively affect one billion people on the planet. I think minimum. that's minimum, minimum, <laughs> minimum, and and that's that's one of the reasons why you're here is, is that we're we're going to talk about that. Uh, but I got to ask you um, because most of us will never have the opportunity to go to a hotel and i don't know if it was in chicago or where it was but go to a hotel and and have a nice room and then have a the big black car pick you up and and take you to the studio and And then they apply makeup, and and you have a a sit down with Oprah Winfrey, and you kind of map out what you're going to do, and then then you get to be on the Oprah
1: Winfrey show. What's that like? Well, it was it was the and don't forget she flew me uh, via private plane uh, to Chicago. I forgot (laughs) that part. I was I was speaking in another city the night before, and I couldn't find a connection to get there. So she she told my team, "Don't worry." I'll just send a plane. So um it, it was a highlight. It was it was a pinnacle in my career. It was really uh, I had visualized that and mentally rehearsed that, Kevin, for decades, literally, and not yeah. not all the time. But I I would turn on the Oprah show on the rare occasion. I was home during the day and I would watch her interviewing people and I would visualize as the camera came in close on her that she was talking to me and I would feel the feelings of that and I would answer to the tv by myself which most people would have thought I was crazy if they were walking into the room which they didn't (laughs) but it was it was the pinnacle and I I had told people I had told a a colleague of mine I was with AT&T school of business one my last job at AT AT&T I was a C-suite consultant, and I was working with organizational culture and doing leadership and performance work, and I had told my colleague literally decades earlier, I'm going to be on Oprah someday. I don't know why or where that came from, and she said, for what? And I said, I don't know, but I just know I am, and she thought, okay, that's kind of arrogant. Um but whatever, whatever, you yeah, know, whatever you say. Um, but it, it did happen, and it was, um, it was a phenomenal time. And I think probably one of the most uh memorable parts of that, I, I was on twice. Uh, the first time they brought me and was it four others from The Secret?
2: I think so. I think Jack. Canfield was there. Canfield
1: and and Lisa. Lisa was there. Linda, is that right? Um, no, there's no Linda. Uh,
2: what's her the the lady that made Rhonda. it? Rhonda. <laughs> Rhonda. Rhonda Byrne was
1: there, and yeah, <laughs> my bad. And Michael Beckwith was there, and myself. And she invited me and Beckwith back. Yeah. Not the rest of them. So, um, it was it was really, but it was in that first show, that. I said to her, during the break, I said, true forgiving is the ability to say thank you for giving me that experience. And she said, I don't believe I've ever heard that. She said, when we come back on air, please say that again. And that was kind of a highlight for Oprah to say, please repeat that when we get back on air. Uh, but it, it's true. And it was true. Every bit is true then as it is now, because all forgiveness truly ends in gratitude. If you, if you don't come to a point of gratitude, then you haven't really forgiven. Yeah. You've still got some bitterness and anger that needs to be let go of. Can what you, does it
0: feel like to, because I, I remember when the secret came out. And everybody was talking about that movie. Everybody was talking about the law of attraction and what it meant. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to interview Neil Donald Walsh, who was also in that. Um, And by the way, for those of you that don't realize how big Oprah was at that time, there was a guy by the name of Gary Zukav who wrote a book called "Seed of the Soul. And the book wasn't doing all that well until Oprah put it on her book list. And it became a million seller because oh. that's the kind of impact she had. Right. And to not so much to this day, cause she's kind of gone off, but in doing other stuff, but it was pretty, pretty amazing. And she, she's an amazing lady. And um, I'm so glad that you had the opportunity to do that and to educate her a little bit in something that she hadn't really given much
1: thought to. <laughs> yeah. How about that? <laughs> how about that? So, Yes, it, it was it was a, a phenomenal experience you know all, all that that whole time was a phenomenal experience and and everything in life as as Moses said uh, when he came down from Mount Sinai I have brought you both a blessing and a curse and a curse uh, everything comes in dual a dual package and so as beautiful and as wonderful as it was to to be that much in demand at the time there was a there's a downside or a dark side to that too and i think that's a really important lesson for most of us to learn particularly the younger generations who who want to be famous they you know they don't care what they want to be famous for you know what do you want to be famous for oh i just want to be a youtuber well doing what well i I don't know but you know i just want to be famous but there's a there's a downside to that too and and i won't I won't belabor it, but there were so many times when I'm running to, I was on the road over 250 days a year and speaking in three or four cities a week, every single week and two day two-day weekends and and just living out of a suitcase. And I would be racing for an, air, an airplane, a flight at some point, and people would recognize me because you're right, the secret was such a phenomenon. And they would they would go, Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, aren't aren't you James Arthur Ray? And I'd say, Yes, I am. And I'm trying to pull my bag because I'm running late for the gate. And well, well, could you, you know, I, I know you're in a hurry, but could you just answer a quick question for me? Well, you have two choices there. You're either a jerk or <laughs> or you you risk missing the flight. And and I chose option B. I risked missing the flight because you know, those kinds of things uh come with a package and and it happened all the time in the gym i know this is your personal time and i i'm having to get a quick work uh, in and get to a meeting at 11. i know this is your personal time and i don't want to bother you but let me ask you this quick question so you know being famous and being a public figure and being recognized is not all it's cracked up to be there's a dark side of that as well i believe that
0: and most if you talk to most people that are really ultra famous they lose their freedom there are certain things you can't do for certain places. Okay. You can bypass the line at a restaurant and you can get a nice table, but other than that, you know, you've got paparazzi, you've got all these people around you and all that. So it makes it very difficult. And, uh, especially, um, in the, in you know, life is a journey and we all, we all live. And I know, and hopefully we'll get into verse of a story just a little bit as well. Um, life is a journey and and yours was going sky high and you were doing great things. And then there was a tragedy that happened and that, and that happened right in the middle of all of this stuff going on. And then, but because life is a journey, you accepted that and you've, and you've moved on from it. I I don't want to belabor that either, um, but I, I will leave, give you the microphone to tell us whatever you feel comfortable about that time.
1: Well, I'm I'm an open book, uh, Kevin. So whatever you want to talk about, I I'm mm. very transparent because I think I believe that God prepared me for the difficult time that we're living in right now. You know, because there's a lot of people right now facing tremendous difficulties. We we live in turbulent times. Let's face it, and and so you have to have the mental toughness and the emotional strength to to push forward through those turbulence, or they're going to knock you down. And, and I, you know, I see so many people get knocked down because they don't have the mental toughness and the emotional strength. Well, I got, you know, I had a tsunami hit me in 2009. I was at the top of my game and my team and I were conducting a five day deep dive retreat in Sedona, Arizona. And when I say deep dive, we were diving into the cause or the drivers of behavior. Most people believe and and here's where, you know, the secret As grateful as I am for the secret. It's really kind of a, it's a surface level introduction to, to true personal performance, in in my opinion, because it's not just about visualizing and there's going to, a bicycle and it's going to be on your porch next morning. I mean, how's that one working for you? Um, it doesn't, it doesn't work. And, and yet it was put together for a mass market and for mass appeal. And I'm grateful for it. I didn't totally agree with the way it was presented, but nonetheless going back to this deep dive into drivers of behavior, the things that drive behavior, yes, visualizing is important. Yes. Vibration and frequency that's scientific. And, What drives those things? Well, psychology tells us 95% of what drives that vibration or that frequency is buried in your unconscious mind. So think about that. What that means is that as you live consciously day to day, you're living on 5% because 95% is driven by your programming and your conditioning. And so what we were doing in that retreat was we were diving deep into those unresolved emotional issues. And that's the work that Beersheba and I both do right now to a large extent, because Mm -hmm. that's one of the greatest causes of lack of fulfillment, as well as lack of of achievement is fragmentation. People are fragmented. They've got all these things going on consciously and a whole lot more going on unconsciously that have been stuffed or denied. And so, it was a tough week. And at the end of the week, and we worked long hours, it, and you know, I, up close and personal, it was a very small event for me at the time, 50, 54 people. And I worked with everyone one-on-one at the end of the the event, we had this experiential learning opportunity called a sweat lodge. And we'd done it for five years prior. Well, In 2009, it was always a highlight, Kevin, because it was kind of like a graduation ceremony. We'd done all Mm -hmm. this hard work throughout the week. We'd cried, we'd laughed, we'd hugged, we'd worked hard. And now we're going to practice what psychology calls transference. Take take that hard experience and transfer it into an experiential learning opportunity where we'd have to push up against our own resistance and hopefully break through. And we'd done it five years prior and it was always a highlight because it was tough. And we told everyone it was gonna to be tough. And people would come out victorious and, and we'd celebrate and we'd have a dinner afterwards and everyone was on a high. Well, in 2009, something went horribly wrong. And according to the medical evidence, uh, it, was, it was toxins there were poisons and that was written on the ER forms when people were admitted to the hospital. So if you're ahead of me, you kind of know where this is going because at the end of the day, three people died Mm -hmm. in that activity and it broke my heart. It, it literally broke my heart. These are three people that I got to know personally. They weren't clients anymore. They were friends and I really cared about them. If you've ever lost anyone you loved and care about, Then you know how that feels and there was this this big hole this emptiness inside of me and it felt like it was more than i could handle and it was on my watch it was the antithesis of anything i'd ever intended for anyone living an entire life attempting to create independent thinkers and help people empower themselves and set themselves free well at the end of the day the state of arizona came after me charged me with a crime and came after me for manslaughter, which is intentional harm. Now, realistically, anyone with a brain knew it was a horrible accident. Um, there was toxins. You know, the medical evidence showed there was toxins. It showed that the the location that put the lodge together, we had nothing to do with that, um, burnt-pressed wood. They put tarps on top which hold the heat in they stored the materials with rat poison and pesticides and and all the presenting problems did you want to ask a question you look like you want to jump in there kevin go ahead
0: well no i'm just i'm just shocked that that they're using pesticides and rat poisons and stuff where people are going to be in in a sweat lodge situation well
1: you you and me both because Mm -hmm. you know in a sweat lodge the pores open And when it's on the ground, it, it gets absorbed immediately. The presenting physical problems at the at the ER were foaming at the mouth and dilated pupils. That's not heat related. That is not heat related. And the people were not dehydrated. And and yet the state's whole case was I made it too hot. You know, in the trial, which eventually ensued, they said I I cranked it up to over 230 degrees. Now, I don't know how they got that because no one had a thermometer in there and none of them were in there besides me so at the end of the day they wanted 30 years and if they had gotten what they wanted i wouldn't Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be here with you today thank god the the jury could not find one shred of evidence to back up manslaughter there was no intentional harm there wasn't it was an accident but there was a lesser inclusive called called negligence and that was by design too they bumped it up to get two shots and it was a media sensation if you remember it was all over the media crucified me literally crucified me i went from from media saint to media media satan just like that and they literally just anyway went after me hard and it it really shattered my world model and my whole idea of of who we are as a country who our legal system is um who our political system is and and it even shattered my own self-image quite frankly it really beat me down hard and and so anyway at the end of the day i went to prison for two years i came out i came out um in 2013 10 years ago, I was $20 million in debt. I was homeless just 10 years ago, and I was completely alone. I didn't have my lovely wife at that time yet. Um, and so what do you do? you know? And so as a viewer today, as a listener today, if you're going through tough times, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it you know and there's a lot more to the story that that I I'm really condensing it there's so many other things that just came at me and came at me and came at me and by the grace of god you know I I had what it took to keep moving forward and and so 10 years ago what do you do when you're standing in the middle of the desert in Arizona and you're homeless and you're 20 million dollars in debt and you're alone well you better have some, some great internal resources. You better have a great relationship with God. You, you better, however you define that, you better be able to know who you are regardless of what the world says about you or believes about mm-hmm. you. Uh, James,
0: I want to I make this point real quick, and that is this. If you've ever gone, and I have, I've gone to retreats where you're with 50, 75, maybe 100 people, And you're with them for days and you become like a family, right? It's a very close. You, you get to hear stories that you wouldn't hear otherwise hear from people. You get to help them through. They get to help you. There's no judgment. uh, At least the ones that I've been to and everybody wants to work together. So how a prosecutor at the end of that could accuse you of anything other than the purest motives. I don't quite get other than, the fact that they were using you as a a way to get more publicity for themselves. Does that make any sense? It makes total
1: sense. It it was, you know, one of the things that, that I know to be true, and there's always exceptions to every rule, Mm -hmm. but I know that our legal system is not based upon justice and a search for truth. It's unfortunate. We've all been taught that it is, and I really wanted to believe that. And my lawyers even told me, hey, there's been multiple deaths in sweat lodges before. It'll be a civil issue, but there's, it's never been prosecuted as a crime ever. Well, there's a first time for everything, isn't there? And it was in Prescott, Arizona, and the DA was running on a ticket of being tough on crime and she was up for reelection and she had a real opportunity to grandstand. It was all televised. And, you know, at one point in the trial, Kevin, when all the evidence, Dr. Ian Pace from Harvard University went, was my doctor testifying on my behalf, went through 4,000 pages of medical evidence and testified under oath that it was most likely pesticides. She jumped up and said, and slammed the desk and said, "I don't care if it is pesticides. James Arthur Ray is still responsible." <laughs> oh, I, I'm not sure how that how the logic follows on that. It doesn't, but you know, in remember, I said um, true forgiving is the ability to say thank you for giving me that experience. I'm grateful for that experience. I don't want to do it again. Don't get me wrong, you know, but I learned so much. I grew so much. There was no better place I can imagine to, to realize who I was and to utilize the things that I had taught for years, except in the hell that I lived in for two years. I mean, I, I, I talk about all this in my book, *The Business of Redemption*, mm. which was a real cathartic. It took me six years to write that. It was a real catharsis for me. But I learned so much. I grew so much. I became stronger. I I I recognized who I am, even when the trolls and the haters were hammering me, as they do so well. And and yet I knew I know what the truth is, and I still do to this day. And fortunately so did my lovely wife, and and here's the, I'll tell you this one thing, Um, I'll tell you two things, actually, Uh, first of all, she told me, if if she'd have met me back then, that she wouldn't be my wife now, so I'm really grateful for that reason, amongst many others, because I, I was, I was quite full of myself, you know, when I was on the top of the game, it's really easy to get carried away and, and kind of think you have it all figured out. And then the second thing is, you know, if if the viewer and you, Kevin, remember the secret, I was the genie guy. Your wish is my command. And hey, if, yes. if, if you don't recognize me, it's because I didn't have any gray hair. And you know why I have gray hair oh, now? Here we go. It's because I'm married, <laughs> you know, if, if, if anyone who's married knows exactly what i'm talking about so anyway
0: (laughs) well and the the cool thing is in our um, pre-interview discussion you two have not been apart since you got together and you do everything together and you work together and that that is really cool i i for one um, james i'm sorry that that happened to you but when you look at the totality of your life i think it will prove to be something that not not that three people passed away but right the, the issues that you confronted that you were able to get through where you are now where you're going the people that you're going to help over time i think it's an really is an important place to be and um i'm glad that you didn't fold your tent and go home as it were
1: yeah well i'll tell i'll tell those of you who are in the throes right now and There's a lot of people on the throes. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a challenging time. I will tell you, there were many times when I thought I was going to fold my tent and, and that's, by the way, that doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. It means you're human, but I didn't, (laughs) you know, just don't do it. You can, you can consider it and that's human and just don't do it. You know, keep moving forward one step at a time, one day at a time. And of course I've had a tremendous partner we've been together for 10 years we were we were work associates for the first 3 years and we mm-hmm. and then we became romantically involved and and now obviously we're a married couple but um the other thing and I know you're going to talk to her but but one of the things that has made her so strong she she believed in me when I was 54 years of age homeless and 20 million dollars in debt now that tells you a lot about this, this woman. I was Mm -hmm. living on mom's couch at 54 years of age Mm -hmm. and $20 million in debt. And she believed in me and wanted to come to work with me. And, and, and now, by the way, I work for her. She worked for me for Ah. the first three years and now I work for her, (laughs) um, which I'm totally good with. I'm totally good with that. I love my boss. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) <laughs> that's that's a good business arrangement, right there. It, it's yeah. a great business arrangement, but but nonetheless, um, <laughs> part of why God sent us together, I think, is because of her background, which I know you know a little bit about, and and mm-hmm. both of us have been through hell and back. And I, I firmly believe, if you look at anyone, I don't care who it is, check history, the people who make a tremendous contribution to the world and, and tremendous you know if you're of the younger generation you think that means you have to be a public figure and you have to be famous no that's not true tremendous contribution can be raising really respectful children and really virtuous and god god centered children that's tremendous but anyone who makes tremendous impact in the world has not had an easy life you know don't wish for easy that's an illusion wish for greater capacity and capability to get through the challenges life brings because that's what you want you want the capacity and the capability to get through the challenges and because Bearsaba had done that for herself she's been able to stand by my side for the last 10 years and and go through the the turbulence that we've been going through to get where we are today Mm
0: -hmm. you know you create your your own life and you the experiences that you have both good and bad are necessary for you to get to where you want to go, where you said you wanted to go before you get, even get here, in my opinion. That's and true. So it is it is so important. And um, while you're going through it, it hurts like I had I had what I called my bad country music song, period, uh, which was, you know, my dad died, my dog died, my wife left, left my house. All, all those things happened to happened to me as well. But you know what? I'm still here
1: speaking yeah. of being
0: here we have to take a break and when we come back we're gonna find out a little bit more about Bursa's story because it is the two of you are coming out of and have come out of some really difficult period and uh, and'm I'm, I'm so glad to have you here by the way we're talking with James um, go to his website which is Jamesray.com james arthur ray is with us as his lovely wife uh bursaba and i will practice that all day and I, I got it right i think and uh, we're gonna take a break and we'll be right back you're listening to positive talk radio on kk hey ptr loyal listener first thanks for being in my dream and second i have a new concept in business to share with you it's called socialpreneurship so what's that Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us in the next few weeks. We'll lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on positive talk radio.
2: When you want to say more than words, communicate, you can with flowers, your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is a natural connecting you to nature through the language of flowers, where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. A natural at your fingertips today.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to positive talk radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash hour-store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at kevin at kmmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back to Positive Talk Radio here on KIXI. I -I. I couldn't say it right the first time, so I have to say that again. We're we're talking with James Arthur Ray and his lovely better half and boss,
1: um, (laughs) Versa. I I, got to tell you, before you start talking to her on the break, she said, you know, Kevin made a statement and he's right. I never really thought about it. We literally have not been apart for 10 years and and you you know I mean that's not that's not yeah with the exception not... of this it's literal and and so anyway yeah, I thought and, that was fascinating it's fascinating you're right and and we're still we're very
0: happy so <laughs> which which is a, a small feat not unto itself I mean it's important that that, that you're happy and the, the interesting thing James is that you're a different guy i, I think you're a totally different guy and then than you were way back when and but it was all a learning process and it was going through in order to get to where you are today you had to do some of that um the extent of which you know people lost their lives and that's but that was not something that you did i think it was the rat poison and which is just amazing to me and in any event enough of that i want to put that aside because uh burst we're going to talk to you now how are you I am doing well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, too. Now, you're not from around these parts. You came from a whole different country, didn't you?
2: <laughs> yes, I was actually born in Iran. Been the, I was born in Iran at, at a time where Iran was at war with Iraq. So all my childhood memories first memories imagine having bombs being dropped in your neighborhood and machine guns you'd hear at night sirens going off so it it was uh I was running away from bombs and guns that that was my childhood <laughs> <laughs>
0: jeez and and if memory serves me that was in blood and treasure that was a very significant war between those two countries
2: yes yes it was um, and it was around the time the so-called revolution in the name of democracy in Iran, which turned out not to be that, was they were given a hard time to people who had the uh, religious beliefs in you know, being Jewish and Baha'i is what I was raised in and some, some to Christianity as well. And because of that, we had to flee the country. We escaped. So we found someone who smuggled us out of the country. We escaped across the desert in the middle of the night at the risk of being caught. And you would be killed if we got caught. And thankfully, we made it across and went and had to stay in uh, Pakistan for a couple of years to get our papers to be able to come to the States.
0: And so you were actually able to get here. Where did did you settle in the States?
2: Uh, First, when we came, (laughs) (laughs) when we first got here, we went to California because we had some family there. But from there, I think we only stayed for about maybe a year or so. Parents moved us to, we moved to Arizona.
1: Arizona, our favorite state (laughs) for both of us.
2: (laughs) He was waiting for that. <laughs> it was probably one of the worst times of my life. <laughs> Comparing well, two, I guess.
0: I'll <laughs> tell you, Arizona's got problems to this day. Uh, that That's they're they're great. having problems.
2: Yeah, not See, not my favorite state.
1: Well, we'll tell him a little bit about what happened well, to you in Arizona.
2: Yeah. Okay. So Arizona at the time, <clears throat> excuse me, when we moved there, it was the population was. You know, mostly Caucasian individuals, <laughs> wow. and we are not. <laughs> so, you as you can imagine, we we had we had a bit of a hard time, uh, especially us kids going to school. We did get picked on and some names being called and this and that. But other, it was very. It's interesting to me because it was the younger generation that was there there were more into i want to say gang related behavior and which i think about it now is fascinating because you wouldn't really think of that when you think about arizona
0: would you well, but, well you know you think of arizona you think of the snowbirds they you know they they go down there in the summertime or in in, no, in the wintertime mm. and leave their northern homes and then they go stay there and then they go back. But there is um there's an underside yeah. to that community.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: that, that's. And, and she
1: was strapped to the underbelly.
2: I um, was. Yeah. I was not the same person you see today.
0: <laughs> you,
2: well, you You kind of. OK, so the environment that I grew up in and parents just you know we were fresh out of another country barely spoke the language um, they had to work double shifts so they were gone all the time so the kids we had to take care of, be able to take care of ourselves and you know the tv pretty much raised us and because of the harsh environment that i endured growing up i had to what's the best way to say i had to become a certain person t- in order to be able to protect myself if that makes sense oh sure so i did get into a lot of gang behaviors and drugs and smoking and drinking and all all kinds of things to be able to survive in that environment so it's it's been quite a journey i removed myself <laughs> at the age of uh I believe I was 19 or so or 20 years old. And I just told my parents, I'm I'm leaving. I'm moving back to California.
0: Well, California is a better place to be. Rather than, than Arizona's got some, I, my son was in Tucson for a long time. And so I spent some time there yeah. and it is, it's a completely different place. Now I live on the, on the left coast, which is Seattle and California's on the left coast too. If you yeah. go to the Midwest, they say you live from on the left coast. That's where all them liberals are. Yeah. And, and, but, it, but for me, it works. I'm glad you got out of there. Yeah. Um, And now you also are working with James, and you are doing the work as well as James is doing it. Describe how you became familiar with that and and that whole process of how you became involved with that. Sure. Uh, Well, I was really jacked up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a technical term It's very true
2: yeah no it's very true i was you know i had all kinds of uh, traumatic experiences given my childhood and those things when they happen to you at such a young age you grow up uh, having certain behaviors that you can't figure out why because of these uh, traumatic experiences that i that i had so fast forward i had married once before and it turned out to be a horrible marriage cuz it turned out to be mm, verbally and physically abusive
0: well, i'm sorry
2: yeah i appreciate that and and i i you know i decided to leave and i think anyone who's been in a uh, divorce whether if it's a good you're leaving or bad you're leaving it sucks either way Mm-hmm. Um, you have to come and then I, because I, the person I married was in Belgium. So I had moved there. And then when I got divorced, I was like, okay, so now I got to go back in my mid thirties and I have to start all over. Nothing like 54.
1: Thank, <laughs> I thanks, had to thanks move thanks in with my parents. End, sweetheart. I appreciate <laughs> that. <'Cause laughs> thing, it
2: wasn't as bad as yours. <laughs> so, and when I came back, I was broken even more, more uh, having to start over and figuring out what I want to do. And I, I've been I was a smoker for 24 years. So then I went there was a some kind of networking company that I was a part of and they were having a special guest uh, come in and I didn't sign up for that company. A friend of mine signed me up. And said, maybe you like to do this on the side to, you know, till you figure out what it is you want to do. And I thought, yeah, okay. And I said, maybe I'll look into it. And they happened to be having a guest speaker come in from The Secret. I didn't know who it was. And I thought, well, maybe I'll go. So I ended up going and I had no idea who it was. And I was sitting there and I got there late. And uh, he walks in. And at the time, they were doing a documentary. On his, uh, what had happened to him in Enlighten Us. And he walks in and I'm looking at him and I didn't recognize him because he had longer hair and a goatee. And I'm like, I'm like, he wasn't in the secret. Who's that guy? You know? (laughs) And then he looked at me and he smiled. I'm like, it's the genie guy. I know who that is. (laughs) So, and he got on stage doing his thing and I was listening to him he was so raw and real and it very much resonated with me and I thought what kind of personal development is this because I've never been a part of that and I've never done anything in it just because I thought it was it's too much raw raw for me and what I and a lot of things that I had seen didn't a lot of things that I had seen that people would say or espouse did not match their actions, and i never I never cared for, it and I wasn't interested because of that. But when I saw him and what he was saying, and I had no idea about the accident because I was in Belgium at the time that the whole sonona thing went down. so and there was something there, and I thought. Well, this is interesting. I would, you wouldn't imagine somebody would get up there and just be real. And I said, "There's something different about
1: this." What a this. concept! Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> when he got off stage, and I remember I was there with uh, my younger sibling, and I turned to him and said, "I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna work for this guy because there's something there, and I couldn't put a finger on it, but I wanted some of that." Um, there's this certainty. There's um, he has this presence and this certainty of just you know having a solidity within you um, that I didn't have, it, it, and I think most people you know fight to find that or have that to have this self awareness where you you just you just know you're solid. And so I reached out to him uh in well for she
1: I, she stalked me on facebook I did. that's <laughs> the reality <laughs> that's how we all
0: meet these days
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah he answered and i said hey i'll work for you and i think i told him i don't know i just listed a bunch of things i'm like i do this i do that i do this <laughs> i'll do whatever you want <laughs>
1: She basically, and she basically told me my social media was terrible. And she has a, she has a, a background in, so in graphic design, graphic design, <laughs> and she was right. My social media was terrible. Um, and yeah. so she said, I can really help you with that. And, and we got together for mm-hmm. lunch and.
2: Yeah. And then he told me his whole story of what had happened and, and what he's doing. And I thought, and, and here's the thing before we met, which was the interesting part, I went online. I went on Google and looked them up, and Google is not its friend. And I thought, whoa, this, you know, this doesn't match the person that I met. So then, when I had lunch with him, and in seeing what I saw on the web, and, and speaking with him, I thought these, it doesn't. These two do not match up at all. And that's when I, I said to myself, I'm like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to make this happen.
0: So. Here we are. <laughs> well, you know, what's interesting about your story and how you met James is that um, and I think this is as close to the uh, what happened in the secret as because what happened to you is real. And you weren't going to go to this conference. You weren't a member of this conference. You weren't going to you. You only did it at the behest of, uh, of somebody else. And you weren't in really interested in it. But you went. Mm-hmm. And that was the key. Rather than saying no. Yes, You were being nudged by somewhere, I would choose to call it God or the universe, yeah. and for you to go there, oh, and, and I think that's as close to how we can apply the secret, and James, I'd love your opinion on this, how we can apply the principles of the secret is to when you get the, those opportunities that are presented to you You don't say no, you go find out what it is. And then since sometimes it'll work, sometimes it doesn't in this case turned out to be a 10 year relationship
1: and it's a lifetime yeah. relationship. We're we're well, not going anywhere.
0: Well, right? 15
2: what was mm-hmm. it? No, well, Kevin, okay, I'll t- I'll, t- I'll tell you. 15 years prior to that. Oh,
1: it, it gets better, <laughs> Kevin. I was, see I was going to call her out. You don't know the there's there's a better part to that with the secret. So go ahead.
2: Okay, so fa- I think it was 15 years prior to that when we first met. I was watching The Secret. I was probably in my mid 20s or something. I don't remember. Um and I I remember watching it and as I was watching his part, he was the way he was talking about something about a relationship and what you do and the, just the what he was talking about. I was looking at that and I thought to myself, I'm like, you know, I would really love to be in a relationship with someone like that. I didn't say exactly him, but I said <laughs> someone like that. <laughs>
0: Be careful what you wish for because the universe is going to bring it to you.
1: There you go. Well, but not without, I mean, isn't isn't that a, but, but not without a whole lot of, lot of journey and stories and growth and, and stumbles and get back ups to, to the 15 year point where we actually met. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, and that, that is the point, you know, I, I'm the one that consistently reminds people always have, that 60% of the word attraction is action. Yeah. And, and And that's, people don't, you know, unfortunately, that's why I said, I don't totally agree with the way it was presented. I understand why it was done. It was made for a mass media market. And yet you've got to be in the right place at the right time to meet the right people, to get the right opportunities, to take the right mm-hmm. action and get the right results. You, you have to You have to do something. Sixty percent is action. So yes, there's visualizing is important. Yes, feeling the feelings of belief is important. And then you you have to, like the Quakers used to say, you got to pray and then move your feet. You know, you, you got to get busy every single day, holding the vision, but you've got to do everything a hundred percent. You know, and Behr-S2 and I live this to this day. If we go to bed at night we even go to bed at the same time, you know, and, and we, we do everything at the same time. But when we go to bed, if we go to bed at, this, at, at tonight and we say, okay, I feel physically tired. It was a good day. Mm-hmm. You know, we gave a hundred percent with Kevin on this podcast, on this show, and we gave a hundred percent and, and everything we did today. And I feel a little physically, mentally tired. It was a good day. Yeah. And that's, that's what it takes to bring those things, dare I say, manifest, which is so overused. But it means to, to make into form. Sure. To bring something into form, you've got to use your hands and your feet. I have a,
0: I, I, I'd love to, th- to throw this metaphor at you and see if, if you think that I'm uh, uh, out of my mind. It's something that I call the 50,000-foot view. We don't get the, the opportunity to have the 50,000-foot view of our life. We get to see the tree in front of us and the tree behind us. Our job is to keep walking, to be aware, to trust, and to keep walking. And then that the source or God or, or your guides or whoever you want to call them, they will help you so that you're walking in the right direction. And if you start walking in the wrong direction, they'll help you get back on track. Sometimes it can be a little painful, but that's the whole thing. So, tell me, is that is that
1: a reasonable um, thing to say? It's not only reasonable; it's absolutely correct. Mm. You know, and I can I could use so many metaphors. You're driving across the desert; your headlights shine. What maybe 100 feet in front of you, and it's pitch black at night, and you can only see how to go to 100 feet. You go 100 feet and you go up, and then you can see to go 100 feet more. You're climbing a mountain and you can only see a certain degree, but you get up higher and you can see how to go further. Um, that's that's where faith comes in, and and faith is not blind faith, faith, faith is an understanding that that 50,000 foot view, which is let's call it God's view, and and to have faith that that everything is unfolding as it should. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, here's, let me give a new definition for positive thinking because a lot of people say, oh, just be positive, just be positive all the time. just Just expect the best. Positive thinking is not expecting the best because quite frankly, sometimes what you think is the best is actually the worst for you. You know, how many times have you thought, Oh, I want to marry that woman, or I want to marry that guy, or I want to get that job. And then you get it, and you're like, oh my God, I don't, this is a <laughs> really bad it. thing to do. Oh, crap, what have I done? Yeah. I mean, the Buddha, they asked the, the Buddha once, why don't you teach your students to pray? And he said, my students aren't awake enough to know what to pray for. And so, and that's about as profound as it gets. And so, two positive thinking is not expecting the best because sometimes the worst is the best mm-hmm. that's just a fact look at your the history of your life and you'll know that's true here's true positive thinking true positive thinking is accepting that what is happening is the best that's true positive thinking accepting that what is happening is the best well james you know i'm i'm going into bankruptcy right now been there i understand and yes i'm grateful for that too because so many great lessons and so many great things came out of that you know well they're foreclosing on my house i've had seven houses foreclosed on oh crap you know (laughs) so so i've been there and i'm not minimizing anyone else's experience please understand i i can relate i have i have compassion for that and yet i'm really grateful that I don't have those seven places anymore because all seven of them had seven mortgages. And, and it's just, it's just nuts. So, so true positive thinking is accepting that what is happening is the best. Even if you can't see it, you know, that God from I love your 50,000 foot view can see the whole unfolding, the full spectrum. And we can't not yet. I couldn't
0: agree more. By the way, these two are going to be on, uh positive talk radio next wednesday at 4 p.m on kknw again and i want to thank the two of you for doing that uh and sadly we're gonna run out of time i I, we could go another hour 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 and a half but eric isn't gonna let me i'm afraid because eric's got the iron hand yeah He's, he's got responsibilities we've got about a minute left i would like you guys to tell our audience anything you'd like them to know
2: Go. Um, thank you for having us on, and we look forward to talking again next week. <laughs>
1: think, think for yourself. Do your own research. Oh, yeah. I'll quote the Toltec: "Accept nothing at face value, even what we're telling you. Don't take it at face value. Dive deep. Do your own research. Get your own experience, and that's how you learn and grow." Well, you, you guys are professional media people because you you beat the timeline. now I got another 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I've done this a time or two. Versaba is just a quick study, so yeah. Yeah. I just
2: hang out. <laughs> uh,
0: I, I got to tell you, um, the first time I met you, James and, and Versaba, I, I was really, I'm really taken with you because you are you're real people, and you're honest and you really want to do great things for humanity. And that's my form of positive talk radio is to bring people on that are going to do great things for humanity. And you guys are, and I, I'm sorry for the the bad things, but at the same time, the journey is the journey. We just do the best we can and we get through it. I want to thank you guys for being here. You'll be back Wednesday at four o'clock on KKNW. And by the way, everybody be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you Monday.
1: Tá